Hi, this is Mark, Hustock Tech Team, and this is our Futurist Missing Voice America Kids. Please be on the lookout for five-year-old Jonah Sullivan. He went missing from La Jolla, California on April 30th, 2012. This is considered a family abduction. Jonah is Caucasian, three foot five, 40 pounds, with blue eyes and light brown hair. He may be in the company of his mother, and they may still be in the local area, or they may have traveled to Phoenix, Arizona, and or Alabama. Jonah has a small scar on his chin and right cheek. His front tooth is chipped, and he may be going by the nickname of Sully. If you know of Jonah Sullivan's whereabouts, please contact the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children's Hotline at 1-800-THE-LOST. That's 1-800-843-5678. To see two pictures of Jonah Sully Sullivan, please click on the link on the Voice America Kids homepage. Our future is missing. Or go to futuresmissing.com. Thank you. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be it's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. And welcome to our program, Express Yourself. We're a show by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of Be The Star You Are charity. I'm Courtney Chung. And I'm Vivian Lee, and we're your teen hosts for today. Both Courtney and I really enjoy writing, as do many of the volunteers with Be The Star You Are charity. So we wanted to do a program about writing and the ways we as teens can get paid a bit of money to write. Our featured guest today is author C. Hope Clark, an editor for several newsletters that helps writers get paid for their craft. She'll be with us for two segments, one to talk about funds for writers and the other to discuss her two books. We are so excited to have her as a guest today on Express Yourself. Before we talk about making money as writers, our reporter from New Jersey, Caitlin, brings us her segment, The Gift of Giving. Caitlin, an ambitious 15-year-old, is a rising sophomore in high school. Besides running her nonprofit organization, which she founded at age 12, Caitlin can be found on the cheerleading squad and the swim team and golf team at her school during the different sports seasons. Caitlin is also an active member of Key Club, Amnesty International, and SADD, Students Against Destructive Decisions. Her favorite activity is blogging, and she wishes to make her mark in the world and make a difference. Hi, Caitlin. Hello. 
You know, as long-time uh, volunteers ourselves, we're very impressed with your devotion to volunteering and nonprofits. So what do you have for us today? Well, I'm thrilled to be here once again, and the lineup is very exciting. I'm actually a big fan of Hope's website because she makes it so simple to find opportunities for writers, such as scholarships and contests. So today I'm actually going to be talking about how you can make a difference as school goes back into session. As summer comes to a close and school bells begin to ring, the new school year brings along many volunteer opportunities for teenagers. My current service project, Be a Backpack Angel, is just one of the ways to make a change as school goes back into session. The back-to-school whirlwind causes a wide range of images in my mind, including notebooks and binders in my favorite color, rusty lockers, number two pencils, along with friends and new teachers. For some students, though, ending the summer to be surrounded by classmates is dreaded. The need to buy supplies in a new wardrobe for the upcoming school year puts a strain on low-income families. Coming to school on the very first day without a backpack or school supplies fuels the insecurities that they carry as a homeless or low-income student. It serves as a reminder that they feel different. To celebrate National Be an Angel Day on August 22nd, I'll be spending my day at a local hall hosting annual outreach program that my organization, Angels of God, hosts to assist students in need throughout my community. During the back-to-school distribution, They'll have the opportunity to receive a new backpack filled with the coupons and deals from local businesses. From there, they'll have, they can personally pick out each item that they need for classes at organized tables. It doesn't end there, though. My charity teamed up with local restaurants to donate prepared food for our Bean Angel Day meal. Families will be able to sit down and have a meal after they pick out their free school supplies. We're also in the process of having hairdressers at hand, ready to style some new hairdos. During the day, other help providers will be at the event and will be speaking to families about programs that can assist them with other necessities like food and shelter. Through this event, volunteers and I hope to create a fun and festive day while preparing families for a successful school year. As you make your way to the store to pick out a plethora of books and glue sticks and pencils, consider buying an extra for a student in need. The office supply store, Staples, makes it easy to give back Now, until September 19th, you can drop off school supplies at your nearest Staples store. All donations will be given to nonprofit charities that work with disadvantaged youth. With National Be an Angel Day right around the corner, I hope I've given you some inspiration. What will you do to celebrate this occasion? Wow. Wow. I'm I'm so impressed by what you're doing. Oh, thank you. I just hope that, um, you know, other people maybe catch on to the idea and... With the holiday, maybe it'll inspire some people. Definitely. Yeah. So, you know, what are some other ways to celebrate National Be an Angel Day? Well, back to school doesn't have to be the only theme on National Be an Angel Day. There are a lot of other service projects that you could do to celebrate. Just being kind to someone makes all the difference. You don't have to conduct and host an entire project to make a change. Simple acts often make all the difference, so you can be creative. Big cookies for a local nursing home, make a card for a soldier serving overseas, planting a tree for the environment's good. Just do something that will make someone smile. Yeah, so definitely. Did, yeah, how did National Be an Angel Day become an official holiday? Well, actually, a woman named Jane Howard Feldman actually created the holiday. She was an avid volunteer, and she wanted people to change their attitude and outlook and act like angels, even if it was only for one day. 
And ever since Jane put this holiday into action, it's been celebrated for years. The first Bean Angel Day was actually first celebrated on August 22nd, 1993. So it's been going on for a pretty long time. Wow. I'm surprised you haven't heard of it earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I actually, yeah, it wasn't actually brought to my attention until a volunteer shared it with me, and I'm so glad that she did because it really uh, sparked some interest in my mind. Yeah, great. Yeah, and you mentioned Staples as being uh, one of those stores you can drop off school supplies at. Do you know of any other stores, maybe? Yeah, actually, uh, besides Staples, the grocery store's Kroger is accepting school supplies for children, and also the store Dollar Tree has drop-off bins at their oh, okay. locations and are accepting items as well. So depending on where you live, the stores that do collections vary. So my advice is just to check with your local stores and shopping centers and ask if they're running any collections currently, because you'll be surprised at how many, you know, do hold collections and help the community. Yeah, if... I just so happen to live in an area that, like, I can't find anyone who's doing a drive, and I want to organize one myself for, like, school supplies or clothes, whatever. Where would I start? Well, first, my advice would be to reach out to your friends and family because support is probably the number one thing that you'll need if you want to conduct a successful drive. And next, whatever your mission is, just spread the word. Using social media websites... Twitter and YouTube, you can easily share your information at no charge to large amounts of people. And also just simply distributing flyers at local businesses about your cause can give you the attention that you really do need to organize a drive. Okay. Very awesome. Um, so how many years have you been hosting Back to School Drive? This is actually my third year being involved with this specific project, but I plan on continuing it and it's definitely one of my favorites. Wow. Wait, so when did you start? Um, you're 15 now. You started 12? Yeah, yeah. You know, my church had held one, and, you know, it really just inspired me. And we work with um, some of the local churches. So I originally did start this specific project when I was 12 as well. Oh, That's okay. really impressive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So how many kids do you usually distribute school supplies to? Well, this year we're giving it out to about 200 students, and it usually is between that 150, 250 mark. It's usually between, you know, somewhere in that range. And, you know, all the students who are receiving supplies and backpacks, they've been referred by either a social worker, a shelter, a pastor, maybe a teacher, or any other authoritative figure. Wow, you're making such a big difference in so many people. I'm so... Aw, thank makes, you. makes me all warm inside. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> what other volunteer activities do you think you have planned for the school year? Oh, geez, I have a whole slew of plans up my sleeve this year. Uh, from Halloween costumes to Christmas toys, I'm going to be trying to work with area organizations to make sure that children who are low income or living in a shelter don't miss out on anything. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's... That's just so inspiring. It makes me wish I'd like I'd done more, and I and I like. Yeah, I know. Oh, thank you. Well, it's never too far. late to get involved, you know. Yeah. So, does hosting a drive like this take a lot of time and energy, since you do so much over the year? You know, it does, but with the help and experience, it becomes a lot easier, and it's worth it, anyways. Just because, in the end, realizing the impact that you've made just makes the work feel like absolutely nothing. Yeah, I mean, um, we've hosted a 
we're actually we've um, organized a few events at Be the Star You Are ourselves, and it does take a lot of time to organize all the little details. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like a lot of last minute things you have to take care of. So you know, it's I definitely know what you mean by yeah, of course. And there's always like unforeseen circumstances and mm-hmm. things that maybe you wouldn't always think of. So it is work, but I'm sure as you guys know, it always is worth it. Right. Thank you, Caitlin, for joining us with your inspiring volunteerism. Unfortunately, we have to take a break right now, but when we return, we'll talk to C. Hope Clark, author and editor. I'm Courtney Chung. And I'm Vivian Lee. You're listening to Express Yourself and On Her Global Community, where teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids Network. Make sure to check out the photos, descriptions, links, gossip, and more at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com. Facebook your friends to join our party. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Kids safe, mother approved. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good... Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. My name is Vivian Lee. And I'm Courtney Chung, and we are your teen hosts. In this segment, we're going to talk to C. Hope Clark, founder of FundsForWriters.com, awarded Writer's Digest 101 Best Websites for Writers for the past 12 years. Her newsletters, centered around markets and funding opportunities for writers, reach 44,000 readers each week. 
She's also a mystery novelist with the recent release of Low Country Bride, a Carolina Slade mystery from Bellbridge Books, Memphis, Tennessee. Hope also freelances, having appeared in magazines such as Writer's Digest, The Writer, Turf, or T-U-R-F, V-O-Y-A, Landscape Management, Next Step Teen, and College Bound Teen. She's had numerous chicken soup releases, and currently she lives on the banks of Lake Murray in Central South Carolina, where she pens her mysteries and works on a new nonfiction books for writers. Funds for Writers originated 13 years ago when a small group of writers asked Hope Clark how they could make a living at their craft. With a background in grants and lending, Hope started a newsletter, then a website about finding income for writers and the interest grew. Four different newsletters, each reaching a different type of writer, go out weekly or bi-weekly covering contests and markets, grants, publishers, agents, and employers seeking writers. Please welcome Hope to express yourself. Hi, Hope. Hi, glad to be here. So, Hope, can you tell us why Funds for Writers is so popular? After all, it does reach 44,000 readers. Sure. Uh, well, it's pretty obvious when you start talking money, people sit up and take notice. So when I offer opportunities for grants and contests uh, for writers who are struggling, which is the majority of writers, by the way, it's very difficult to break into this business and have a uh, lucrative income. So my newsletters actually save writers a lot of research time. So I send them, you know, the, the most the, the latest grants and contests uh, that are not scams. I've, I vet these things very closely so that uh, they can get in their foot in the door and not have to spend all their time Googling for things. <laughs> Does your audience include teens at all? Yes. Yes, they do. Um, I had a lot of parent writers and grandparent writers and editors contact me and say, hey, I know these teens and, you know, teachers don't necessarily know where to send them mm -hmm. to find places to send their work. So once every two weeks, I put out a newsletter called Writing Kid, and it's got 10 markets or contests uh, for teens. That's cool. really, I think that'll be especially useful for me and Courtney, because I think yeah. we both really enjoy writing. And, um, you know, researching this kind of uh, business of writing, I guess, I've noticed that it's very vicious. It's a very vicious kind of, um, uh, <laughs> kind of, it's like you get rejections all the time. And so why do you think it's so hard for writers to break into writing? Uh, it is because it's highly competitive, and the internet has made it highly competitive. So uh, yes, it is, and it's it's a matter of being very diligent. It's it's those that stick to it that eventually come out the winners. But you know, you get a lot of rejection before you you come out on top. So that's the reason a lot of people fall by the wayside. How would you suggest a writer to get started as a journalist or or a freelancer? Uh, I always suggest writers start as local as they can get. Uh, that being, if, if, if we're talking teens, then of course you start with your schools. But step a little further. Um, talk to parents, friends of parents, teachers, friends of teachers, anyone who has an inside track into any type of publication. It could be a news, newspaper, it could be local magazines. I think a lot of people forget that there are a ton of local magazines out there. All you have to do is, is do a search for 
your town or your state and magazine, and I think you'd be surprised what pops up. But also um, nonprofits and businesses put out newsletters. They put out little magazines. Uh, they might be intrigued if if a teen walks up and says, hey, can I write a column for you? Here's here's a sample of my work, uh, what I can do for you. Um, you just have to be a little proactive, but start local. And as you build, build your clips local, uh, well, then you step out a little further until you're writing nationally. Well, you know, um, you... You basically uh, have been doing your career inside your home, right? So how is it like working from home as a writer? Oh, it's fabulous. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> fabulous. Uh, uh, I spent a couple of decades working in the proverbial cubicle and office in a high-rise. So, yes, when I came home to work, it was just phenomenal, and I never get tired of it. Uh, the challenge of working at home, though, is that you do have to fight to stay on your game. It's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy <laughs> mm -hmm. for family to distract you. Um, it, it's amazing who will walk in the door and want to interrupt you, not thinking you're doing real work. So right. uh, it, it, it's a matter of being disciplined. It just be disciplined and, and set yourself up a schedule and stick to it. And when people want to, you know, knock on the door and say, hey, let's go out or, or whatever, you, you stop and say, I'm sorry, I'm working. And eventually they, they get the picture. <laughs> Which yeah. do you prefer, like writing, working in office or at home? Oh, most definitely at home. At home. But, but, but I'm... Uh, I'm motivated. Uh, you you do have to be personally driven, I think, to work at home. I do know some people who prefer to go to an office because there's something about clicking on when you walk in and then clicking off when you walk out. And mm -hmm. and uh, some people prefer that. Yeah. I think I definitely notice that when I'm studying. Um, I, I think I study a lot better at school than at home. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many distractions at home. Yeah. <laughs> so how much time do you spend on freelancing, like writing for magazines and online versus your mystery writing? Well, it's actually three parts. Um, managing funds for writers is, is one part, then freelancing is another, and the mystery writing is another. Um, freelancing probably takes no more than about 10 or 12% of my time. Uh, because Funds for Writers takes an easy half of my time, e easily, because it is pretty time-consuming gathering that much research and, and sending it out each week, not to mention I have to write an editorial for each one of those newsletters each week as well. Um, so I guess my freelancing has decreased. It used to be half, but when the mystery came out, I had to make some changes. Uh, writing fiction is a little more time-consuming. Mm -hmm. How much time do you spend at a time? Like, do you write for two hours or a certain amount of chapters? Uh, on fiction, I try to write an entire chapter. Okay. Uh, I, I like to have closure when I get up from it. Now, the next day, I'll sit down and reread that chapter before I start into a new one so that I can get the flow and make sure I catch any mistakes. Uh, but uh, normally, I, on fiction, I try to write a chapter at a time. Now, nonfiction, you know, it's not so hard. You, you, can, you can jot down a blog post or a thought and, and be done in 30 minutes. So that's not, not quite as challenging. Yeah. 
And so what do you think are one of the biggest mistakes a writer makes in trying to publish columns and stories? Um, personally, I think it's it's publishing too soon. And that doesn't necessarily mean not not publish at all as a new writer. Uh, I mean, not editing it well enough. It's we move fairly quickly in this world, and it's so easy to hit sin. <laughs> it is mm-hmm. so easy to hit mm-hmm. it before you're ready. And you know, you wake up the next day and you look at it and you go, "Oh my gosh, look at those commas, look at that verb tense, you know, all, all of that." And you wish you'd looked at it a little bit harder. So I. I just turned down a teen last night who pitched an article to me for Writing Kid. I do buy articles for Writing Kid from teenagers. And she pitched me three times in a row. And all three times, I caught her sliding into text mode in writing her article. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. You know, no caps and <laughs> abbreviations oh. and, and some things like that. And, and all three times, I had to send them back to her. And I, I haven't heard from her since strike three, but... Um, that yeah, you know, it's it's a matter of of taking it seriously and realize that's a professional on the other end that's going to be looking at it, and you only get one chance to make a good first impression. Right. Okay. Thank you for all this valuable information, Hope. Since I personally love to write, I'm sure Vivian as well will mm-hmm. both be definitely checking out FundsForWriters.com. Unfortunately, we're out of time for this segment, but Hope will be back for our next segment to talk about her books. You can find more about Funds for Writers at www.fundsforwriters.com. I'm Courtney Chung. Also, Hope, thanks for posting info about the annual National Be the Star You Are essay contest on your Fund for Writers newsletters. We really appreciate it. And a heads up to all our writers, our ninth annual National Essay Contest begins in October, and the theme will be Benevolence and Compassion. So check our websites and Funds for Writers for details soon. I'm Vivian Lee. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network. Visit our creative community at btsya.com and this radio program at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com. We'll be back in a bit. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. It's almost showtime. Tune in to Curtain Call every week for the latest happenings from the world of theater. It's news and reviews, both on stage and behind the scenes. If you've ever wanted to be a stage actor, theater director, or work behind the scenes in production, this is the show for you. Your hosts have been there and done that, and will answer all of your questions right on the air. Listen for Curtain Call. Weekly performances are happening Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel. What is No Antipreservatives all about? Well, it might be easier to say what isn't the show about. Your host will give it to you straight. His take on film, television, books, video games, and pretty much any other topic that comes up. He'll keep you safe and on top of the latest in media and let you know what to stick with and what to trash. Listen every week to No Added Preservatives, and each show will leave you wanting more. Tune in Wednesday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. 
Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hey, thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. My name is Courtney Chung. And I'm Vivian Lee, and we're your teen hosts on today's episode of Express Yourself. Last segment, C. Hope Clark talked about the newsletter she created to help writers earn money with their craft called Funds for Writers. In this segment, Hope will discuss her two books, The Shy Writer and Low Country Bride. Hope is a mystery buff, and the Carolina Slade Mystery Series began 14 years ago before funds for writers. But being unable to sell the story, Hope turned to earning a living via freelancing and her newsletters. As her name grew, so did her writing as she penned hundreds of editorials and features for publications. Upon returning to her mystery writing several years later, she pleasantly realized that she wrote with greater maturity, rewrote the mystery, and strove to find an agent and a publisher for her work. The result is Carolina Slade series. Hope is also known for her sleeper hit, The Shy Writer, a how-to book for writers fearful of stepping into the limelight of self-promotion, fearful of rejection, and afraid of what others think about their abilities. Hope is currently working on a sequel to The Shy Writer, a request heard from hundreds of writers for several years. Glad you stayed with us, Hope, here on Express Yourself. So what made you decide to write The Shy Writer? Uh, the shy writer originated because I was a shy writer. Uh, <laughs> what happened is uh, Funds for Writers was beginning to take off, and I was beginning to receive requests to come speak. And people were asking for interviews and asking for articles from me, and suddenly I was having to deal with human beings and not being able to stay <laughs> and be secluded in my home. Uh, so I had to learn how to step out there. And as a writer, you've got to promote yourself. And that's difficult for someone who's not used to tooting her own horn. Uh, so as I developed little tricks on how to do it, I started making notes and heard from so many other writers like me, I decided to just go ahead and compile it into a book. Yeah, well, um, being a shy person myself, I think I'll find it definitely useful. and. Um, I hope that down the line I'll get to publish a book myself. Yeah. And um, I, I guess I'm just wondering why are most writers shy? Do you 
Well, writer, people tend to fall into, you know, introverts and extroverts and everything in between. But mm -hmm. to, to write, you have to be comfortable with being secluded by yourself. And that tends to lean toward an introverted individual. Um, extroverts need that people power. They need to be rubbing elbows with people. They, they struggle with being alone. So with writers being very comfortable in their skin, uh, you know, secluded, it's hard for them to do that switch and jump out with people and then promote what they've spent so many hours, days, months, and years writing. It's, it's, it's difficult. It, I think the craft just lends itself to introverted people. So now that you've done like all this writing and speaking for shy writers, would you consider yourself a shy writer or have it, do you think your perspective has kind of changed a bit? Uh, I don't think you ever change from being shy or introverted. Mm -hmm. I think you build tools in coping with it. Uh, I lose a full night's sleep before I attend a conference still. As many years as I've been doing this, and uh, the next morning I'm trying to put on that face and get out there and waltz among people, and it's still very, very hard for me to just walk up to a stranger and shake hands and say, hey, I'm Hope Clark. Uh, it's, it's not natural, but I've learned you know, little tricks, and I've learned that the world doesn't come crashing around your head when you get up there and speak to people, and even if you do mess up, I've, I've learned from messing up that actually the audience is rooting for you. You know, people mm -hmm. want you to be successful. They don't want to see you crash and burn up there. Uh, they want to learn from you. And it, if you keep that in mind and keep a perspective, you can handle it. Uh, but it's going to always be trying, I think. Uh, you just learn how to cope. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And do you think that the internet helps shy writers at all? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it gives them a little bit of motivation to find their voice, put themselves out there without having to shake hands and pat people on the back and, and all of that. You can, you can blog and show your voice and show your personality with your words without ever having to walk out in public. Uh, it's, I think it gives us a, a jump start. It, it lets mm -hmm. introverted, shy people have a jump start in, into their writing. Yeah, I definitely agree with that because I actually have like, I have a blog and I like publish some stuff online. So I think the internet definitely does help. <laughs> and you said you're working on a sequel to The Stride Writer. When will it be published? Actually, I'm going to self-publish this one. Uh, it, I'm hoping to have it available for Christmas sales. Mm -hmm. but what is it? It's called The Shy Rider Redux because The Shy Rider has gotten a little age on it. It was originally written in 04 and then redone in 07. And since then, oh my gosh, the world has just so changed. Publishing has so been turned on its ear in that time period since then. So um, I'm just writing a new one called Shy Rider Redux, which basically means bringing something back. And that's what I'm hoping to do. What's the difference between self-publishing and publishing with a, a main company? Well, self-publishing, you, you are actually putting this book together. You are getting the cover design. You are having it formatted. And you actually pay for the book to be produced. When you publish traditionally, a, a uh, publishing house will purchase your manuscript. You actually sell them your rights to the book. And they weather all the expenses, and they put the book out there. Now, 
granted the public still thinks it's your book, but you are in essence promoting a product you've sold to a publisher. Oh, okay. Um, but so there's good and bad. I'm sorry, there's pros and cons to both. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so what are some of the differences between ebooks and traditionally printed books? Ebooks, of course, you know, are are read on handheld readers, whether they're a phone, a Nook, a Kindle, a Kobo, however you want to look at it, an iPad. Uh, they're electronic files. And with fiction, there's not any difference. I, I mean, people read it. It's just whether you're reading it on paper or reading it electronically. With nonfiction, you have a little bit of difference. I think um, uh, you format them differently between with nonfiction to make them a little bit easier to read because as you know as most people have learned if they've tried to read both it's you read paper one way and you read on a screen another way uh, your eyes tend to follow it differently so uh, but that basically that's it I mean electronic or paper and right now uh, ebooks are pretty hot yeah it's like the new thing yeah do you have a preference between them because I personally I'm really traditionalist. I like my paper yeah. books. I like having my books in my bookcases. Um, I enjoy reading a hardback, believe it or not. Um, mm -hmm. To me, that is the most comfortable. To uh, I enjoy reading a good hardback rather than an ebook or even a paperback. Uh, but when I travel, my Kindle just holds so many books. It's just so much easier to, to just power that thing up and start reading whatever I want to read. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, with ebooks, a lot of um, people who wrote as a hobby, they get a bigger chance to publish. But, you know, what are, what are some of the biggest problems that shy writers have in moving from writing as a hobby to a writing for income? When you decide to write for an income, you become an entrepreneur. You now. Yeah are a business person, which means you've got to turn off that writer and turn on the salesperson. That, uh, that stops a lot of writers from being professionally published. Oh, okay. it's, it's difficult because sooner or later you are going to have to do a reading or you're going to have to step up in front of some people and explain why you wrote your book and talk about your characters and where'd you get your ideas, all of those nice questions. And if you can't make yourself get up in front of a crowd and do that, you're going to have, uh, you'll, you'll be less desirable by a publisher. I'll just put it that way. Because mm -hmm. uh, on the other hand, if you're willing to publish just eBooks, it's phenomenal for a shy writer. Because mm -hmm. you do not have to go out there and flaunt yourself. You can do it all online. Mm-hmm. But say like someone is comfortable about talking about all these like their characters and their work, does writing for an income have also like put more pressure on the writers like on in terms of scheduling like they have to have submit so much stuff by this sort of time? Is there anything like that? Uh, oh yes, yes. Um, you have to control your time, your focus very very closely especially if you have contracts with editors and publishers they're going to give you deadlines and you might get a notice today that one week from now you have to edit your entire book uh, it's 
you 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 have to be willing to jump, willing to change your schedule, willing to do what it takes to earn a living. And books are slow to make an income, so you also have to be willing to do some side things if you want that income to come in. And that's that's where freelancing comes in to supplement your books. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Hope, for sharing the info on your books and writing. Find out more about Hope Clark at www.chopeclark.com uh, or www.fundsforwriters.com. Thanks so much, Hope, but we got to run. You are listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, where teens talk and the world listens. Visit us at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Book It and Say What. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You just love your pets, but sometimes they can get to be a handful. And just when you think you have them under control, that's when things get, well, crazy. For help, tune into Paul's Around the World. You'll get the inside secrets on keeping your pet the friend it's supposed to be, along with stories to keep you warm and fuzzy. Listen Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. My name is Courtney Chung. And I'm Vivian Lee, and we're your teen hosts. To wrap up our show, Courtney will be doing a segment of Book It. And Vivian will be giving us some facts about authors who've had difficulties getting their first books published. So why don't you start us off, Courtney? Sure thing. For today's Book It, I decided... Not to talk about a more current book, because when we decided on today's theme of 
writing and funds for writing. I remembered a book I read from way back in elementary school, uh, The School Story by Andrew Clements. Did you read that? I actually did, although I don't really remember it much. <laughs> but I remember Frindle, and I really love that book. And I think he wrote that too, right? Yeah, he did. I used to love reading all his books when I was younger. and Because like, now that I think back on it, all of Clements' books were kind of centered on a teen being creative or a teen oh, yeah, just like yeah. doing something more, like something different from their peers. Like mm-hmm. Frindle is about a boy who coined a new word. The Landry News is about a girl who gets tangled into like politics after writing editorial in her school newspaper. And The School Story is a book about a girl called Natalie Nelson who, with the help of her friend and school librarian, publishes a book at the tender age of 12. So Natalie writes a story called The Cheater, and after her best friend Zoe reads it, Zoe insists that Natalie should publish it because she thinks it's just that, like, it's good enough to make it. So Zoe convinces Natalie to send it to a publisher, but there's a catch. Natalie only wants her mom, an editor at a major publishing company, to read the manuscript, but she doesn't want her mom to know that it's her work. So in spite of the Mm -hmm. odds against these two 12-year-old girls renting a dingy little office while being supported by their school librarian, the cheater manuscript makes its way to the desk of Natalie's mom and eventually gets published. Like all of Clement's book, this the school story is really well developed. It includes many details about the publishing process and develops relationships that might be might be stretched because of like these endeavors. Like Natalie and Zoe, they had some conflict because Zoe was totally for the idea and Natalie wasn't so much for it but mm-hmm. like stuff like that and when I was younger I definitely didn't realize how unlikely this scenario was like I love the storyline and how it undoubtedly inspired and still inspires younger kids to write and dream about becoming published but realistically it's just so implausible like as two mm-hmm. 12 year old kids like do you, do you have yeah, to know especially- how many times Rowling had to try and get Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone published yeah, um, she got rejected 12 times before Bloomsbury accepted yeah. her. And um, it's actually not that bad, apparently. A lot of authors, especially first-time authors, get rejected so many times. And 12 is apparently is not that bad. And It sounds bad, though. <laughs> it sounds bad. I was totally shocked when I first heard it because the book is so good. Yeah. And um, Bloomsbury was actually really hesitant about it, but the CEO's 8-year-old daughter loved the book and asked her father to put them in print. And so they printed about 500 copies first round. And it got popular, nevertheless. That daughter is like a hero to everyone in the world right now. I know. When I told my sister, she was like, thank God. It's like, without her, our childhood would probably not have been the same. But, you know, speaking of which, my portion of this segment on Say What is going to be focused on authors who are rejected in the beginning of their careers. And the publishing world is really, really tough. And so it shows, and you know, these rejections show that even the most critically acclaimed and talented writers went through criticisms before reaching their heights. And so um, we talked about J.K. Rowling, but another one is William Golding, who wrote The Lord of Flies. And it was rejected by 20 publishers. And an editor actually said to Golding, this is an absurd and uninteresting fantasy which was rubbish and dull. And apparently, I mean, pr- I'm pretty sure he was wrong because it's now one of the most critically acclaimed books. Mm-hmm. And it's taught at a lot of high schools. And it's just a good book in general. Such, 
such a creative story. And um, another author is George Orwell, who wrote um, 1984 and Animal Farm. And it was Animal Farm which was um, rejected. And what the editor told him is it's impossible to sell animal stories in the USA, which is, you know, it shows that. That's such an, like a subjective <laughs> statement. Yeah, I mean, not only is it kind of stupid to assume that all animal stories don't sell, but the funny thing is that Animal Farm isn't really about animals, if you really think about it. It's just an allegory for the Russian Revolution. And mm -hmm. so, you know, he obviously crafted it really brilliant, brilliantly that the editor didn't even notice that that's what it was really about. <laughs> and um, the fourth author is Stephen King. Um, one of the most prolific writers, I think, and yeah, I, I like you can't go into a bookstore and not see a Stephen King book. Yeah, and you know his opinion is so well regarded. I think any opinion he is, he has, it's like printed on a book. His comments, do you notice that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the book, yeah, I, I noticed that too. <laughs> and he, I think his first book was Carrie, and that was the one that had trouble getting published and the editor told him we're not interested in science fiction which deals with negative utopias they do not sell so again there's that like I think in the publishing world they especially keep in mind what the audience or the the readers want and again they were wrong there they loved Carrie I think and apparently it's kind of a fun fact Stephen King apparently kept every rejection letter he's ever gotten and he stacked it under his bed. He stacked it under his bed, like yes, <laughs> like to, just to feel like accomplished. Like, ha! I told you, like I could do this. <laughs> exactly. And kind of on that same note, E. Cummings, he was rejected fifteen times for his poetry collection, The Enormous Room. And when it finally got published, he dedicated it to those publishers who rejected him, which I Burn. thought was scary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um. Are there any, like, children's authors that got rejected? Yeah, um, Judy Bloom. I don't know if you remember her from the... Yes, I did, like, Ramona and that. No, I... Is, is she Ramona? That, that was Beverly Clary, Judy Bloom. Yeah, Judy Bloom, uh, the Fudge series, and... Yes, yes. Yeah, and, um, she apparently for the first two years of her career, she received nothing but rejection letters. I mean, can you imagine that? Having no, ex like... I would just feel so dejected by she that time. She has so much perseverance, just to, like keep pushing through all the rejections, just keep on. Mm -hmm. that, that's really impressive. <laughs> and she wanted to write a couple of controversial young adult books as well, and um, some are being taught, as I think, and some are actually banned because it's so controversial. But she definitely, that's you know, yeah. Um, I uh, can't remember the titles, but they I know they do, I know they deal with um, bullying and um, okay. like divorce and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. Sylvia Plath, she I researched her for my junior year when um, and she has been one of my biggest inspirations. Um, but it turns out, well, she's pretty much known for her depression and how that affected her writing. and um, oh yeah, she wrote the Bell Jar, right? Yeah, it's okay. The Bell Jar is actually largely based on her life. You know, multiple suicide attempts, and yeah. the depression came from genetic history and her childhood. 
but a significant portion of it came from negative criticisms. And um, editors actually told her to her face that there isn't enough genuine talent for us to take notice. And so, can you imagine a depressed person hearing this? Oh, God. Multiple times. I mean, I think that's sort of really over the edge. And it's like these authors just give you like this spectrum of people that become writers like this Judy Bloom who like persevered through two years of rejections and then Mm -hmm. Sylvia Plath who had to withstand even more criticism on top of that. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I mean, I thought I thought my own troubles were bad, but I mean, we've (laughs) gone through so much and they, they were still successful in the end. I think it's really it gives me hope, you know. Puts you in perspective, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, another author that I want to talk about is Margaret Mitchell, who wrote Gone with the Wind. Um, and she was rejected 38 times. And kind of as a side note, my name is actually, my mother actually named me after Vivian Lee, who's an actress in the film adaptation. Um, and so, you know, it, it kind of made me think if that, if, Mitchell never published the story. I probably would have been named something co- like completely different, you know. And That's so, so it's, weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, thank you that that publisher for having yeah. named Vivian. That'd be weird. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And unfortunately, we're out of time. I'd love to hear more about mm-hmm. these authors. But thanks so much for joining us here on Voice America Kids. Thanks to Star Style Productions for producing the show. Thanks to our guests from across the world, and thanks to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids Network. For more fun stories written by teens, pick up a copy of Be The Star You Are for Teens at www.bethestarur.com. I'm Courtney Chung. And I'm Vivian Lee. Thank you for always tuning in every every week. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Express Yourself. We want to hear your thoughts, and we want to answer your questions. So email us at btsyateenradio at gmail.com. That's btsyateenradio at gmail.com. Check out our website at www.expressyourselfradio.com and our creative community site at www.btsya.com. You can upload your creative works at our site for free, get involved with Either Star Your Charity, buy books and t-shirts at our store, sign up for a free newsletter, and make a donation to keep Be The Star You Are alive. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you to our great guests. And until next week, remember, express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself